Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, attorney Kim Hegwood with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning. Welcome to Life Happens with me, Kim Hegwood, and our very special guest, Laura Wayman, uh, the Dementia Whisperer. I'm so glad you're back on the show. We're going to talk about something new today, right? And uh, so I'm super excited because here's a topic that I didn't know, I don't know anything about. And so um, so we're, we're going to be talking about uh, dementia and Anastasia. Um, no, I was just just ruined that. <laughs> After all the practice, I'm pretty sure I just ruined that. <laughs> and uh, so uh, people that have these, this particular diagnosis, well, first off, let's talk about the diagnosis. What is it? Okay, so anisonosia is not actually a diagnosis. It's a symptom, just like dementia is not a diagnosis. It's a list of symptoms. And so when you have dementia symptoms, what it is is your body is telling you and telling the world that you've got loss of brain function. And so um, dementia symptoms is not a disease. It's not an illness. It is this this part of your body telling you that something is in your brain causing you to lose precious brain function. And anisognosia is one of those uh, pictures of loss because when you experience dementia symptoms, you begin to have different behaviors, different ways of interacting with the world because of this loss that you're experiencing. And anisognosia is telling us um, in, in this presentation that you've lost the ability to know you even have loss, which is really kind of complicated. So <laughs> to, to kind of back up, Kim, when we, ex when we um, are experiencing a healthy brain and utilizing that brain function, our brain has to go to work at all times to process information that we receive, information that we see, information that we hear. And we've learned over our lifetimes how to process that, how to understand what information we are receiving, what we are seeing and what we're hearing and how to move and how to think basically. And when we have any dementia symptoms, that means that our brain has lost that ability to do exactly that. So we're no longer processing the world around us in a normal way. And our brain is trying to compensate for that loss. So you may not be able to process what you're seeing. And so therefore, someone with dementia symptoms who is, is experiencing this loss might have hallucinations, or if they can't process what they're hearing any longer, then they might be confused when you try and give them instructions because they cannot process what you are saying. And then what happens is the part of our brain that is insightful and understands that we even ha are impaired, that begins to not work either. So we believe we're still normal. That's when we have um, caregivers who come to me and say, you know, uh, dad can't 
manage his finances anymore. He, he used to be able to do that. He did that with great pride. He always took care of all of his bills. He, he took great pride in paying his bills on the day they would arrive. But now he's confused. He thinks he's doing all the process. He thinks he opens the envelope. He thinks he pulls out the bill. He thinks he writes the check. In his mind, he's still doing that. He thinks he puts the check into the envelope to mail it back. He believes he's done that, but then the electric company's calling saying you haven't paid your bill in six months. And he's extremely angry because he believes he's been doing that. In his mind, that process is still going on because the part of his brain that would tell him that's not working is not working. <laughs> so he, they believe that there's nothing wrong with them, which makes it extremely difficult for us to come in and provide them with the care and support that they actually need because we can see these challenges. They believe that they don't have them. And so they resist our care. It is a huge challenge. So why do you think that they can't acknowledge you know, that they're having this issue or that they um, don't need assistance because they are taking care of it? Well, it's actually a neurological problem because that actual part of their brain that has learned to recognize any challenges. For example, Kim, if you were to take an extremely strong pain pill and before you took that pill because you needed it, you had, let's just say you had um, extreme pain in your back. So your doctor prescribed um, something to take care of that symptom in the form of a pain pill. So you recognize because you are processing all this information that on the bottle, it says, do not take if you're going to operate a car or any kind of machinery, because it's going to, um, it's going to inhibit your ability to do that in a safe way. And it's going to make you drowsy. So you take that pill, you get drowsy, you suddenly realize that you left your granddaughter at kindergarten, and you're supposed to be picking them up. And so you're thinking, how am I going to do that? Because I know I'm impaired. You would know that if you had anisognosia, you would not recognize. You would say, oh, I've got to get in the car and drive. And you would believe that you are not impaired. That's the danger of anisognosia because they, they physically in their brain cannot process and acknowledge and understand and reason that they have an um, any kind of impairment. So <clears throat> what you have to understand as a caregiver is once again, the way I, the most simple way I like to put this is someone who's exhibiting dementia symptoms has a broken thinker and their thinker in many different ways. It's not just about memory loss. So please understand that. It's about the ability to process information and then act on that information, to take action with, and to, to do things safely, to ambulate, to have good judgment. All of that takes thinking, takes that learned brain function, and that is um, cut off in so many ways. So the caregiver needs to learn to think for them and to, um, walk around carefully, gently guide that person without making them anxious by trying to get them to accept 
you can't do that anymore. You can't get them to accept the fact that they are impaired because that part of their brain is no longer working. We find with uh, with a lot of clients that, you know, when they're addressing these issues, you know, with their, you know, parents or grandparents or family members, you know, that it's usually not a pleasant experience, that a lot of times it's more of a negative experience um, because you see people that are saying, you know, I'm doing everything, I'm not doing anything wrong, everything, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I don't need your help, that's the big one, I don't need your help. Why do you think that this particular thing really affects people that have dementia so negatively? Well, we can't confront them with the very loss that we are seeing because they become defensive. And and it's so much more than just that physical um, loss of ability to understand an impairment. It's it's that emotional acceptance that of this horrific loss because our our brains automatically as a defense mechanism often will push aside things that are really horrific. We just can't handle it. We'll blank out on that. And the fact that they are losing this precious brain function, that they've been given a diagnosis of a cause that is probably progressive and they're going to only get worse, emotionally, they they have a place um, that keeps them safe and helps them to not become overwhelmed, that there's an emotional place that, that stops them from feeling that too. But it is extremely anxiety provoking. So we have to understand that this information is overwhelming, not just because their brain is not working the same in a normal way and they're struggling with that, but that their emotions are overwhelmed with the horrificness of this loss. So they become extremely defensive and want to always prove to you, to the doctor, to the community, to um, their caregivers that they that they're still okay, that they're still there, that they're still functioning. And so there becomes this emotional challenge as well. They they're defending their wellness and abilities, even though they're not there anymore. I think that what we see, you know, in my office, you know, with a lot of clients, it's it's very, it's it's very painful, you know, for a lot of them when they start to realize that things are changing and they have no control. And I think, you know, a lot of times it's the lack of control that, you know, they just can't do the things they used to do anymore. And it's a very frightening experience, you know, and so you really have to, you really have to work hard sometimes and be a lot more delicate than you know, than you normally would, you know, because of these things. And so, but if you've got a, a loved one that's, you know, a client or whoever, you know, patient um, that's experiencing this, what can, you know, what can they do? What, what's something helpful that will, you know, make this process a little easier for those people that are caring for someone like well, the first thing in any dementia aware care approach that has, that I've observed that is, is the most successful, that you're going to get the most positive outcomes, is to recognize the challenge. You know, what we're doing today is we're recognizing anosognosia is a big part of any kind of dementia symptom list. And to 
really push aside the fact that it's not about memory loss. Don't be waiting for them to forget. It's by the time you really see that, they have so many of these other dementia symptoms, including anisinosia. We see anisinosia so much earlier because once again, it's their body's defense mechanism to try and hide this kind of, to mask over this kind of loss and to prove to the world that they're still normal because that's their, um, really their locus of control, like you're talking about. That helps them to feel more in control if they're controlling this loss as well. And they honestly believe they can do that if they continue to prove to the world that they can. And so that part of it is the first step is to become dementia aware to understand, then it is to accept that we can't stop it, fix it, or change it. That also is a big step. We're not going to be able to reason them out of this. We're not going to be able to give them details and and um, prove to them that they have this diagnosis, that they have these symptoms, that they have these challenges. Telling them that the doctor says is not going to work because it just makes them more defensive. They are going to prove to you and to the doctor and everyone else that this is not true. So we as caregivers have to accept, but we also have to accept that they're not going to. Those are the first steps in becoming dementia aware so that then we can use proper strategies that will help manage this. And that's all we learn to do when we become dementia aware is manage. So to manage anisognosia, we're going to learn to talk to the feelings. And what I mean by that, Kim, is that even though there's this loss, this neurological loss, this physical loss, this emotional loss that is happening over time as they continue to decline in their cognition, <clears throat> what remains is the feelings and emotions. So what we learn to do is talk to the feelings rather than talking to the situation. So if, for example, let's, uh, let me just tell you a story that I hear often, kind of like this. So I hear um, the adult, let's just say the adult sons and daughters come to me and they say, well, yeah, you know, dad, just like I was speaking of before, um, they tell me, dad, he just always took great pride in always paying his bills on time. He would wait for the mailman to come. He'd watch it. He'd go out to the mailbox. He'd bring all the, all the mail in. He'd sort it. Bills that need to be paid, you know, ads and circulars, other correspondence. He'd, he'd sort it on his desk. That was, he just took great pride in always managing that, being in control. He would immediately open open the bills that came he would pull that bill out he would immediately write the check put it back into that um, envelope to go back to wherever it needed to go and always on that same day always taught us a good man pays their bills on time always 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 on the same day if possible and so he was always current with his bills always it was just a part of him that gave him feelings of great value. He just really felt he was an accomplished man because he was paying his bills and that's what he taught his, his children, even into their adulthood. Then he began to show signs and symptoms of dementia. That processing that he took so much pride in began to break down. So he indeed would go out to the mailbox, he would get the 
the mail, but he would have difficulty sorting once again. And sometimes bills that need to be paid would get peeled and get get put in the already paid file. Um, or he would open it, get partway through that process, get distracted, think he finished it. And then once again, it would get put in the wrong pile. So the electric company, for example, let's just use that. Um, they begin to realize that he's not paying his bills on time, which is unusual. So they call him and they try and talk to him about it. And they, he says, he gets very angry. You young whippersnapper, I don't know why you're calling me. I pay my bills all the time. You must have me confused with someone else. And he hangs up on him. Well, the electric company in this small town has known him for a very long time and they reach out to his adult children because they're concerned in this change of behavior. So immediately, this has been going on for several months, but you know, the adult kids have not noticed. They've just, he, he is functioning on so many other levels still that they haven't noticed this little glitch yet. So they go to talk to him and they see that his desk is a mess. It's not that organized thing that it always was. They see this extreme change in behavior. So they be, they try and reason with him. Look, dad, I, I think you're getting this mixed up, which makes him angry at them. And his next feeling, because he can't believe that his, his uh, children, who he loves so much and respects, is suddenly telling him he's not doing it right when he knows he is. So he becomes extremely paranoid and he says to them, I think you're just trying to steal my money. And they're so hurt and they don't understand what's happening. But when we have an opportunity to raise their dementia awareness so they understand that this is actually something that he is totally out of control with, and then they begin to help him by supporting his feelings. Instead of trying to say, look, you're doing it wrong, they need to go to him and say, you know, dad, you do this so well. I would like to learn from you. And they sit down and they say, is this how you do it? And they start writing up the bills and they help him. Oh, you keep such neat piles. But in the meantime, they're showing him um, and giving him those feelings of value and accomplishment. But they get in there and they help him by talking directly to his feelings and then doing a redirection without him knowing that's what he's doing. It's called creative intervention. And we're not lying to him. We're not um, changing in any way the facts. We're just reframing the truth in a way that he can manage it by going directly to the feelings that remain. Always such good advice. And so, um, you know, because, you know, your natural reaction is to say, oh, Dad, you didn't pay the bill. Why didn't you pay the bill? you know, uh, you haven't been paying the bills for months. Why have you not been paying? And so you see that. And I hear it from kids, you know, when they come in, you're like, whoa, can't do that. <laughs> you know, it's not helping. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's, it's so important, I think, to, to, to really address, you know, lots and lots of good ways that family members can, can really do this better. Okay. And, and I know that you're, you know, when, top people in the world when it comes to, you know, learning about dementia. So, so tell, tell our listeners, how do they find you? How do they learn these strategies? You know, what can we do? Well, um, I am very prominent on 
um, the internet, if you type in the Dementia Whisperer, I'll come up because that is, I am the world renowned dementia expert known as the Dementia Whisperer. But you can email me, email me directly. I get hundreds and hundreds of emails so that I can develop this personal relationship with you. We have to understand that everybody presents dementia just a little bit differently. I can't tell you how often I have family members come to me and say, well, I don't think you've heard this one before. And, I, and maybe I haven't because I learn something new every day. But the strategies that I teach work no matter what the cause, no matter what the dementia symptom, for us to understand to join their feelings at, before we try and distract them because that's the only way they're going to trust them. The only trust us. The only thing that remains that is real to them is their emotions and feelings. And it's emotions and feelings based in experiences and joys and sorrows and laughter and sadness that they've experienced over a lifetime. So it's very unique to them. So we have to customize our care approach at all times. And that's the biggest challenge, Kim, with these larger communities of, of um, memory care or dementia care or assisted living is that we have to go in and teach the staff to really understand that everything has to be customized. There's no good cookie cutter care here. We can't, if A happens, we can't always do B. If A happens, we need might need to do C or D or E or whatever it is and change and learn and be fluid and flexible and recognize that they deserve this, that, that they deserve us taking the time to really personalize their care because it's so important. They need us to do that for them. Yeah, we're all about quality of life, you know, making sure that, you know, our families have the best quality of life <laughs> they can have, you know, because, you know, you want them to be happy, as healthy as they can be, but truly happy, you know, and so, so learning these techniques is really good. And, and, and I'm so appreciative that you've been on the show today because every time you come on, I learn something new, which is great. And, uh, so, but uh, uh, I just want to thank you again, and uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can talk you into coming back, you know, to learn some more new stuff that uh, we don't know now. Anytime, Kim. I love to learn from you as well, and and thank you so much for this opportunity to raise dementia awareness once again. Yes, thanks, Anne. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcast as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.